Hi, welcome back to Wildflower Women. My name is Megan Princewill, and tonight we are jumping into week three of 1 Corinthians 13, Love Is. I am so sorry if you were expecting or anticipating uh, hearing this week's episode um, earlier today. I normally do it on Wednesday night. Uh, but I had to work late yesterday, and so I did not get to do it. But I am here tonight on this wet, rainy, cold Thursday evening in Alabama. But um, it is still a beautiful day because Jesus is faithful. And so tonight, today, this morning, this evening, wherever you are, at whatever time of day you are listening to this, We are going to jump in here. We are going to break down what love is. And um, this week, we are talking about um, love does not dishonor and love is not self-seeking. And so we are going to talk about this. I I told you, um, I mentioned it, I think, probably both weeks that... This has just been so interesting to me because I've never thought about it the way that um, I feel like the Holy Spirit is revealing it to me this time. I've, I've I memorized First Corinthians thirteen um, as a girl um, in uh, Wednesday night classes. We had to memorize this. So it was part of our uh, part of our program that we did. We had to memorize it, and you know got like a a sticker or a badge or something for it. It was a big deal. And I just remember being it, it being such an overwhelming idea that, that I was going to have to memorize an entire chapter. Um, and so I've read this chapter countless times. Um, I've preached sermons on first Corinthians 13. I'm, I'm certain that I preached a sermon on first Corinthians 13, uh, when I was a youth pastor and, I I know that I did not go the direction that God is taking us this time. Uh but I'm I'm excited about it. And so I want to we're going to go into here into this next one here. Love does not dishonor. Um and first of all, dishonor I I love definitions of words. Um my mom was always a a definition seeker when when she heard a word or even just even a word that you use all the time she would find she would think about it for a minute and say well you know let let's let's find out what that what the definition is what does that word really mean I will never forget I was a probably 10 11 12 years old and Dork had just been the word of the year, I guess, in school. Everybody was a dork. And so that was just what we were calling people. And I I don't know if I if I called my brother a dork or something, but my mom said, Megan, I don't know what that word means, but I think you need to look up that definition and you need to find out what dork means because it might not mean what you think it means. And I was so certain that it meant dork, like duh, it means dork. And I was completely appalled 
and thoroughly embarrassed when I read the definition and it was dork is the word for the male reproductive organ of a whale. And <laughs> in that moment, I was so appreciative of my, of my mother's uh, desire to read definitions because I could not believe I had been calling people that. So I looked up the definition of dishonor. So love does not dishonor. And I know what the word means, but I wanted to, I wanted to see what, what Webster had to say about it. And, and in short, it means to bring shame or disgrace and to the, another uh, definition for it is to fail to observe or respect. And so, like I said in, in the past episodes, we're, we're looking at how these love is or love is not or does not, how it relates with us and others, how it, how it relates with us to God and how it is, God is love. So how does it, how does it, um, how is it reflected in God with us? And so as far as with others, love does not dishonor. Love does not bring shame or disgrace. Um, that is, I feel like we do that so often, um, especially as children. It's almost like, it's kind of that thing when you, when you pull out, when you point out that, that shortcoming in someone Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't, love doesn't make fun of people. Love doesn't cut people down. Um, I remember hearing, uh, I believe, I believe it was someone talking about Ellen, the comedian. And I know there's been a lot of stuff recently about her, but I remember years ago, somebody mentioned something about her comedy and that they loved her type of comedy because her comment, she didn't put people down. She found humor in, in life and brought it out without making people feel inferior. And I loved that. I loved that idea. And now granted, I, I know that there's probably some aspects of, of her life that are not, godly but i feel like that is that is love that's a that's a an a degree of love um because if you can if you can learn to see the beauty in people with and and enjoy someone else's company and just and build others up love does not tear down and i think that's 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 the the thing I want you to understand in this is that love doesn't tear down. And I I feel like so often, maybe we're not the ones that are saying or laughing or, or, um, mocking someone or tearing someone down, but maybe we're there and it's funny because that, I mean, most comedians make fun of people. I, I don't know how many comedians I've seen like shows, comedy shows on TV and, and they make fun of the person in the front row. You know, they talk about somebody's bald head and everybody in the room laughs. And, and it's, it's that, it's, it's funny. It's funny because we're human and, and our, our human nature goes against God's nature. We're, we're sinful people. And so it, it pleases our, our flesh, but the, the love of God. And when, when 
true love is is being uh, shown through our lives and on display in our lives. We love people and we don't dishonor them. We don't bring shame. We don't we don't allow people to leave our presence feeling less than. And that's that's what I want you to understand is that in love not dishonoring and love not bringing shame and love not bringing disgrace, love does build up and love does make sure that when people leave your presence, they leave feeling better than they did when they came in, that you build people up, that we, that I, I mean, this is, this is to me that, that I, that I build people up and that I'm, that I make sure that I speak life, that I speak life. We have a, we carry enough shame on our own. We shame ourselves, especially as women, we shame ourselves enough. We don't need anybody else to do it for us. So if you can think about yourself and think, you know, I, I shame myself enough. And I know that that's women, as women, we do that. We, find, we know all of our own flaws. We know them and we, you know, exaggerate them sometimes. We see the worst in ourselves. And if we know that women do that, then we as women should be our biggest supporters and our biggest cheerleaders for, uh, for each other so that we build each other up. Um, so then moving on in how we do not dishonor God, love does not dishonor God. If we love God, we do not dishonor him. Um, in Isaiah 29, 13, it talks about lip service that, that, uh, that they were honoring him with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. There was dishonor there. Their, their, their heart wasn't in it. Um, first Corinthians 10 31 says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. That is honoring God that no matter what we do, that we don't just give lip service, that we, we don't just act out the part, but that we truly live it and we honor God and we, we bring glory to him in everything that we do. Second Timothy 2 21 says that if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as wholly useful to the master, ready for every good work. Putting off our sinful nature, putting off the things that God has called us out of. And when we step back into those things, we dishonor God. When we step back, when we pick up those sins, when we go back to those things that he's called us from, we're dishonoring him. But love, when we love God, when we when we are set on him. We set aside those sinful things. We cleanse ourselves from those things and we, we set ourselves up to be an honorable, holy vessel to be used for every good work that he puts ahead of, in front of us. Romans 13, one through seven, talks about respecting authority. And this is a tough one. I talked about this one in the episode on, um, politics, sort of, that, the the those people that are put in place as our leaders we we god 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 knew exactly who was going to win the election uh we have a new president and i don't kn- i know that the 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 christian world is so is so divided on on this you have you know one side of christians that are absolutely 100% trump supporters and then you have christian people that are absolutely 100% Biden supporters. But the, the, the problem, the way that, that 
we fail to honor God is when we don't respect the person that God has put over us. So in all of it, no matter if you think that Trump should be president, your president is Biden and you don't have to agree with everything that he's done. You don't have to agree with everything that he's plans to do or everything that you think he's going to do. You don't have to agree with it. But the reality is the Bible says that all authority was placed by God. There is, it doesn't matter how many votes were miscounted or faked or fraudulent. It doesn't matter if that happened or did not happen. The person that God wanted in that position for where we are in this time, and I believe that he is that that I believe that time is is coming close to an end. I believe that everything that is happening in the world and even in the United States, I believe that it is setting us up it is build setting the stage and 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 making the way for not. I, this is what this is so important I, if you can grasp this this thought it's not setting the stage for the focus should not be that it is setting the stage for for Christians to to be persecuted and to and to have to fight for their right to to worship and that it that's that's just a byproduct of the ultimate end which is the rapture of the church when God calls us home when this we when we leave this world behind when nothing in this world matters anymore and we are face to face with God almighty it does not matter the focus should not be whether or not we are being persecuted i persecute me go ahead i don't care because if you start persecuting me if i am if 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 it gets to the point where I am beginning to be persecuted and I am beginning to be told that I can't worship God the way that I want to and I can't serve God and that I have to denounce him. I bring it on because that means that I am even one step closer. There is one less inch between me and eternity with my father and that is what we need to be focused on and not, not worried about what we think should have happened or what we think is, is right or who did this wrong and who should pay for this and who should do this, but rather honoring God by respecting the one that is in authority and then honoring him by being a light to the lost. Because regardless of who is president, regardless of who is your boss, regardless of who is the mayor, regardless of who is the police captain or chief or regardless of who those people are the reality is there are people dying and going to hell every day and our mission is not to have the person that we think is most godly in authority our mission is to reach the lost so that that we can if we could be the one that takes one more person with us that we we would speak the love of God and the truth of God and the salvation of Jesus Christ to one so that one less person has to face eternity without him that's the goal and that is how we honor 
God, when we love God, we focus on what should be the focus, and that is Him and Him alone. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, I know that you've heard this verse about our body. Um, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that when we disrespect our body, when we when we abuse our body, when we don't take care of our body. And I know this can go in a million different directions of, you know, don't do this and don't do this and don't wear this and don't eat this and, and all of those things, but they can very quickly become religion and, and the focus can get off of God. But the, the focus should be God with everything within me, with my voice, let it honor you with my body. Let me honor you. With my hands, let me touch a world in need. With my feet, let me walk the path that you set before me. With my ears, let me honor you by not allowing junk to get in. With my eyes, let me honor you by blocking the things that are sinful, the things that feed my flesh. Lord, let me honor you with my mind that I would think on these things, that whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are true whatsoever things have good report let me think on these things let me honor you with my mind because my body is the temple and I want to honor you with it so however however God reveals that to you to love him with your body love him with your temple respect what he has given you take care of it and honor him. Proverbs 14.31 says, Oppress the poor, insult the maker. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing this. Those who oppress the poor, insult the maker. But those who are generous to the needy, honor him. Loving the world around us. Loving our neighbor as ourselves. Giving to those in need, not holding back. And this, I'm kind of stepping into the, the next one of, of love, not being self-seeking, but not, 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 um, hoarding what we have, but loving the world around us. However, however that looks in your world, but loving the world around you may not be somebody that is poor in, in financial respects, but maybe it's somebody who is poor in friends they don't have friends and, and, and you give to them. You give them your friendship. You're honoring God with that. Maybe, it, maybe it's somebody who is, is poor in, in, um, in knowledge and, and you know, you understand things in a, in a deeper way. You're educated in a certain way and you can give that wisdom. You can, you can help people who just need a little bit of um, a little bit of guidance in what they're doing. You're honoring God with what you've been given. And then in in relation to God to us, how does God, how, God is love. Love does not dishonor. I love this. Because like I said, as women especially, we understand shame. The world, society shames us. In so many ways, the way that we look, the way that we dress, our weight, our hair, um, our eyebrows, our, our lips, our teeth, our, everything about us, the world shames us, society shames us, and we understand shame. We understand the weight of shame. We, we do things ourselves that we are ashamed of. We, we have a 
We have things in our past that we don't ever want anyone to hear about because we are so ashamed of them. But God does not dishonor. God is love and he does not dishonor. In Isaiah 54, 4, it says, Fear not, you will not be put to shame and you will not feel humiliated for you will not be disgraced. But I will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood you will remember no more. You will not be disgraced. You will not be humiliated. God is not a God who shames us. In fact, he takes our shame. He asks us to bring our shame to his feet so that he can cover it. In Isaiah 61, 7, it says, Instead of shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of humiliation, you will shout with joy, everlasting joy. In John 12, 26, it says, Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. God is not a God of dishonor. God does not dishonor us. God does not shame us. God does not look on us and turn his eye and, and plug his, his nose to the stench of our sin. He loves us in our mess. He sees us in our shame and he takes it all away. And it is a beautiful thing to realize and to just step back, and I, you may already have, you know, you probably know that. I know that. I know that God has taken my shame. But to read these verses and just know that God, God took it all. And, and even specifically in my own life, just the shame of the, the feeling disgrace, the feeling of, of, of humiliation, that God took it, that God doesn't look at me and look at me like I'm, like I'm worthless because I can't have a child. He doesn't look at me like I'm less than. He looks at me with love and he looks at me knowing he's got a purpose and it is beautiful. Love does not dishonor. The next one here, love is not self-seeking. Philippians 2, as far as how it goes, um, how love is not self-seeking as with us to others. Philippians 2, 3 through 4, it says, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And that is just the bottom line, the way that we should treat others, that every single person that we come in contact with, no matter what we know about them, no matter what we've seen in them, no matter what we think about them, we see them as more significant. Not that we look at ourselves and view ourselves as insignificant, but that we know that others are, that we should treat them as though they are more significant. I am significant, but I'm going to treat you like you are more significant than me. I'm not going to do anything that I do in respect to you. I'm not, I'm not going to try to step on you to get on top. I'm not, I'm not going to try to, to push you down to make myself better. It's not about me. 
It is about me showing the love of God to you. Love is not self-seeking. When we love God, we love God. There's, there's a song, um, I, I, I love Natalie Grant. I absolutely love Natalie Grant. I have since I was a teenager, and I know that I have mentioned her songs before in my, um, in my episodes here, but there is a song that she sings that says, Help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the Savior more than the saving. And she goes on in that song talking about that I, I want you, Jesus. I don't just, I, I don't, if, you, if all I ever have is you, if I have no earthly blessings in this world, if I, if I, if I, don't, if I don't ever get a job that, that pays what I feel like I'm worth, or if, if, if I don't ever get the things that I want, if, 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 if I never have, a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account, like if I never, if, if, if I never have those blessings, if you, if you never bless me with anything else, as long as I have you, that is enough. When we love God, we don't seek the blessing. We seek the blessor. We seek the one who gives the blessing. In Matthew 6, it talks about um, not practicing our righteousness to be seen. I talked about this uh, last week whenever we talked about love, is not, love does not boast or love is not boastful. That we don't, we don't, we don't practice, we don't act like we're righteous to get God to give us things. God sees our heart. He knows exactly what we are. And, and, and he sees deep into our hearts and the motives of our heart. First Peter 4, 7 through 11, it, um, it says to use your gifts to serve God and to glorify God, not to, to not use your gifts, um, for any other reason, but to serve others that, and, and that is how we love God by, and, and we are not self-seeking in our love for God is that we don't look at our gifts and say, how can this gift bless me? How can this gift make my life extravagant? How can this gift do something for me? But we look at what God has gifted us with and we say, God, how can this gift bless others? How can I glorify you with my gifts? In Matthew six nineteen, it says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures in, on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. Not self-seeking. We're not seeking pleasures in this world more than, than, than the, the presence of God. That we don't store up for ourselves treasures in heaven, but that we, we seek to to love others and to, to honor God and to obey him and to do all that he has called us to do and to use our gifts to glorify him. And in doing so, we're storing up treasures in heaven because nothing on this earth compares to what is waiting for us there. And then love is not self-seeking. God is love. God is not self-seeking. And this is pretty self-explanatory. Um, John 3, 16, 1 John 3, 16, and 1 John 4, 7 through 11. It talks about, we know, I mean, all, all through the Bible, it talks about 
the, the, the love that God has for his people and the love that God has for us. And, and that when we were yet sinners, God sent his son, God sent his son. And if you've never lost a child that might not hit you as hard and as real as someone who has. I never got to hold my child. I never got to hold my baby on earth. But I, knowing the pain and the, the, the grief that my arms ache to hold my child, to know that God sent his son, that God sent his only son so that I could have eternal life. His son that was perfect, and then he not only sent his son, but he watched his son take on the sin of the world. And he, was, he couldn't even look at his son because his son was carrying all of the sin of the world. He turned his back on his son, and then his son gave up his life. If that's not self-seek, if that's not not self-seeking. I don't know what it is. He is he's he's such a compassionate father. That Jesus he in the garden before he went to the cross, he asked God, God if 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 it's possible. I don't want to I don't want to die on the cross. I don't I don't want to I don't want to carry the weight of this of, of this sin because it's it's too much, it's too hard, it's too heavy. But if there is no other way to save the people that are here and the people that have even yet to live, then so be it. I will gladly surrender my life. Because I want them. I'll give up. I'll take on this momentary pain. In exchange for eternity. With the people. The souls. The lives that we've created. Those hearts that I love. So. So much. And that is what I want you to know tonight. Is that you are loved. You are loved by a father in heaven. Who looks past your shame. He's not waiting to humiliate you. He's not waiting to call you out in front of everybody. And tell them what you've done. To tell them what you did in the secret. He's, he's, a, he's a father that is just standing with open arms waiting to wrap you up in love. He loves you so much. You are so loved. God is love. God is perfect love. He is not dishonor. He brings honor.
He does not disgrace. He crowns us with grace. He dresses us in grace. He gives us beauty for ashes. He calls us his children. He calls us his own. We are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. We are his. He is not self-seeking. He sent his son for you. And if you know him already, if you've already accepted him as savior, the fact that he gave his son for you is not something that you needed at that moment of salvation. It is a constant reminder and an ever-present realization that someone loved you enough. A perfect man, a perfect son of God loved you enough that he took all of your shame, all of your disgrace, all of your filth, everything that you've ever done, he took it on himself. And now you live daily in that love. And if you ever have a moment when you feel unloved, you can remember that. That is it for tonight. Next week, we will be talking about the next two. Uh, Love is not easily angered and love keeps no record of wrong. And I love these. I love these. Um, To know that that God, God is so, so patient with us. And He, when we ask... When we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. And He separates us from our sin as far as the east is from the west. Never to be remembered against us. So, I pray that as you go through your weekend or the beginning of your week, at whatever point, whatever day you listen to this, I I pray that God, God just wraps you up in His love. And that you feel him fresh and anew. And I love you. If you haven't been told today, you are loved. I love you. You are loved by the Father. And we'll talk again soon. God bless.